Good morning, everybody. I know I'm between you and lunch, so hopefully this will be a fun session. My name's CJ, and I work on the Alexa voice service team um, leading the solution architecture and strategy for what we call Alexa Automotive. So, you know, today what I want to do is talk about this new world of automotive and how Amazon technologies are enabling what the industry has termed uh, mobility. So a little bit about me. Um, I have kind of a, an interesting past. Uh, eight years with Amazon before that, uh, 12 years as a solution architect and, and um, IT architect with IBM, primarily working in the entertainment and automotive industry, customers like Ford and Toyota and Honda. And before that, 10 years in law enforcement. So you can say I was a professional driver for 10 years. And part of that role was I was teaching people um, teaching other law enforcement officers how to drive. We'll get into how that all applies and ties together in a minute. So today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the automotive industry. And the automotive industry is changing. So show of hands real quick, who is in the automotive industry or great, awesome. So you guys know this. The automotive industry is morphing and changing, has to. We're going to talk about this idea of moving from transportation to mobility, what's changing and what is it? And then we'll talk about very specific things that Amazon is doing across our offerings, and in particular with Alexa, to enable this new world of automotive mobility. So talk about brief history of the automotive industry. In the early years, a car, you know, the early 1900s, a car was something that rich people had. It was an oddity. They didn't work very well. They were steam-powered. Amazingly enough, some of them were electrical back then. But they were unreliable, and people still preferred their horses because my horse is reliable. But over the years, whoops, my bad. Um, over the years, the growth of the automotive industry came with the growth of business and the growth of automobiles and trucks fueling industry. And this really led to what happened in the wars. The automotive industry was a key supporter of the industrial growth around the war effort. And a lot of industrial capacity and manufacturing capacity was increased in the automotive world around um, creating automotive technology for the world wars. After the war, time of, of great expansion, the freeway system in America grew and grew, and people started to have cars in their family. Every family had a car. It was very normal that the family car was the primary source of transportation for the, for the family. And people used them for recreation. They were used to get to work. They were used to get to the grocery store. They were still used for commerce very heavily. And that led to the first fuel crisis. And all of a sudden, owning a car got pretty expensive. And fuel was expensive. Um, the, the cars themselves had to be downsized. New technology had to be rapidly uh, created to address the issue of the fuel crisis. And that led to kind of where we are right now, where over the last 20, 30 years, the economy has started to drive the car. And I say that in a very specific way. The economy, especially after 2008, uh, automotive companies have compressed. They've, they've linked up. They've merged. There's less automotive companies, and everything now is about a compressed time cycle to increase the technology and get to market faster with cars that are more efficient, 
um, better able to, to fulfill the needs of the customer in new and different ways. What does that do to the people? So I really look at, there's three types of people. So I'm a car person. So who's a car person here? Car, to me, a car person is somebody that loves cars, loves the technology, loves to drive. And we're embracing this new future of mobility. We have to. So a few years ago, I had a GT500 Shelby with a big monster motor and a lot of horsepower. And it was great and it was wonderful and got nine miles to the gallon. I love driving it, but I couldn't. You know, I couldn't take it on a long trip because it just was too expensive. Now I have a new car that actually makes more power with less cylinders, gets about three times the gas mileage on a long trip, and it's every bit as fun, but it's very, very different. It's a different experience. It's a different sound. I miss that sound. You know, I, I miss that big V8. But the, the world is changing, and, and the automotive industry has to move that direction. So for car people, we're embracing new technology, smaller cars, smaller engines that still do amazing things, but... When you start to think about it, my old GT500 had about three ECUs in it. My new car has 52 ECUs in it. And the way I think about it is the reason why my car makes so much power is the same reason why an F18 stays in the air. A pilot can't keep an F18 in the air. A bunch of computers do that. They sense what's going on. The wings are stubby. The, the aerodynamics are very inefficient but the computers can, can adjust very, very rapidly, just to, like in my car. My car adjusts the valves constantly, adjusts the turbo pressure constantly, and allows that car to make the ultimate pressure for that moment um, and, and the power for that moment with a bunch of computers. I can't do that. If I tried to do that, the engine would blow up. So for the drivers, we have to engage in a new future of mobility. Who here drives for a living? I'll start talking about I used to drive for a living. So I used to drive a police car way back, many years ago. So I drove a big Ford with a big V8 again. And now even police cars are downsizing and becoming more efficient. Trucking, taxi cabs. What do you see, what do you see most often as a taxi cab? It's not a Ford Crown Victoria anymore. It's a Prius. Because you need that efficiency. You need that ability to get from place to place and, and fulfill your business, but with new technology. And then the non-drivers. Who here considers themselves a non-driver? Use transporta public transportation often. Great. Absolutely viable, but it's also changing. So, you know, in years past, big double-decker buses and, and all of this is moving towards much more efficient electric, mostly electric, mass transit. Seattle, I live in Seattle. Um, lived in Seattle for about 10 years, and Seattle has, has grown exponent, exponentially over the last 10 years, and we're trying to catch up with public transportation. So we're trying to embrace new ways of, of facilitating public transportation with underground, with you know, more light rail, much more efficient than um, diesel and hybrid buses that we have right now. So if we think about all of these different um, use cases for uh, transportation, and we think about this idea of mobility, mobility is now this idea as, as we need to get more efficient, we also have to embrace that people are changing their attitudes. And here's audience participation. So I want everybody to stand up. 
So everybody that that drives less than 10 miles a month, sit down. Okay. Um, less than a thousand miles a year, sit down. Okay. So, of you guys that are standing that drive more than a thousand miles a year, who owns a vehicle or leases? Classic ownership. Wow, a lot of you. Who relies on car share, non-traditional, other ways of, of driving, primarily? Okay, small number. You can sit down. That number is going to grow. Think about that. What's happening with the industry is this, this idea that a lot of people, when I was 14 years old, I looked at my dad and I said, when, when, when can you take me out to start driving? And then when I was 16, it's like, when, when, when do I get to go get my driver's license? We're just not seeing that anymore. We're not seeing people as um, excited and interested in getting, you know, engaging in, in classic automotive transportation, but they still need to get from point A to point B. So they're choosing different ways to get where they need to go. So enter Amazon. If you think of this idea that mobility is a new way to get where you need to, to go, and maybe you're not as interested in buying a car, you're not as interested in engaging in classic transportation methods, but you still need to get where you're going, we're working on new ways to address that. So the first thing that we've done that really addresses automotive is really for the vehicle owners. So for vehicle owners, we now have this site called Amazon Vehicles that allows you to go up and create a garage. And the garage is basically you define the cars you have or you're interested in. And now you can go and research all the information about that car, um, get information before you purchase, after you purchase, be able to, to filter information about what might be available, parts and capabilities that might be available on Amazon or with partners um, for that particular vehicle. So this really is the front end allowing Amazon to directly engage with the consumer. What it does is it gives the, the car companies a way to showcase and highlight their capabilities to potential customers across our website. So let's talk about services now. So you've probably seen a slide like this during the week. Um, we know that AWS has amazing services. We introduce new, new services all the time. But I want you to pay attention to that top left corner, the connected car. Who in the room has a car that's connected to the Internet? Quite a few. Great. This is going to get more and more over the next, next um, several years. The industry estimates that over um, the next five years um, into the 2020 model year, 90% of the vehicles will be connected to the Internet, just naturally. They'll have their own SIM, and the car will talk to the world all by itself. That facilitates a lot of capability and a lot of cool stuff. And what it does is makes the connected car a service endpoint for cloud services. So all of the things that you can think of doing that you get to from your phone, get to from your laptop, you can start to think those are enabled inside your vehicle as well. What does that allow us to do? Well, let's think of cars as really interesting IoT endpoints. So... If you've been um, in one of the AWS IoT sessions or learned about IoT, IoT is amazing. Everything that we can think of, you know, that's connected to the cloud can do one of two things, and this applies to automotive as well. 
So in your car, there's two types of things. There's monitoring things that give you information, tire pressure, the, the fuel level, the state of the oil, etc. And then there's controllable things. All the little electric motors and actuators in your car are IoT endpoints that are potentially controllable. So when you think about what is possible with this, this device cloud inside your vehicle, you can start to capture really interesting information about the state of the car. You can send that information up to the cloud, scavenge information about the state of your vehicle, proactively schedule appointments. As a, as a car company providing to your customers, you can start to really use this, this amazing information to facilitate your customer. But what else can you do with it? you can start to collect information and do really deep data analysis on a whole fleet of cars, and what a whole fleet of cars are doing. Just like my car, my new car talks to, the, talks to the home planet and gets updates. Now, they've told me that I could request an update that would increase the horsepower by 100. I think that's crazy because they also said it would void my warranty, but they were happy to do it if I wanted. I don't want them to do that. But that's the flexibility here. What they can do is they can send out an over-the-air update to my car to all of the IoT endpoints to change the fuel mapping in the, in the fuel injectors, change the timing because it's got variable timing in the camshafts. They can change all of that just by looking and saying, CJ drives a certain way and we're going to send a new program down to the IoT endpoints and remap his car and he's going to get 100 extra horsepower and he's going to go in the ditch and kill himself, and that's going to be... We don't want to do that, but it's possible. So what I want you to think about, a car as a rolling set of IoT endpoints that's connected to the Internet is a very powerful thing, and you can start to do really amazing things with it. What kind of amazing things? This is where we start talking about Alexa, and I get really excited about this. I'm a car guy. I'm an Alexa guy. Um, I really love the idea of introducing artificial intelligence into the vehicle. And the world of mobility knows this and is excited about artificial intelligence because what does it fuel? The biggest thing right now on the, on the, the minds of, of the auto industry, autonomous driving. Because autonomous driving opens up a new realm of mobility where my car, a car share, a rental car, I can get in it. I can be safe, which is the number one. I can have much more density on the road, so traffic is probably lessened. So more people can get where they're going safer and faster if cars are autonomous and can drive much closer to each other in a much safer way. And me as a consumer, I can get in the car and all of a sudden I can read the newspaper, I can watch a movie, I can do things that you would never think to do when you were in the car. What's the best way to engage with that? The best way to engage with that is through your voice. So let's talk about the ways that we really see Alexa being enabled and engaged across the automotive industry. So the first one is what we call about the car. And we, we already have some of these experiences in market with some of our partners. But this is the idea that not so much as I'm in the car, but as I'm in my house and I want to check on the state of my car. 
I want to ask Alexa, how much range do I have in my electric vehicle? I want to find out, you know, if the car is locked. Me, I've, I get lazy, and there have been a couple of times when I've left my car in the driveway and unlocked, bad, and gone out and, you know, a little tra trail of change on the ground where somebody's gotten in and grabbed all the quarters out of the, out of the console and run away because I left the car unlocked. And it's really cool to be able to say, Alexa, is my car locked? No. Oh, lock my car. Great. And I don't have to run downstairs. I don't have to find the clicker. I don't have to do that, you know, after I've already gone to bed. That's a, that's a small example, but it really is the idea that outside of the vehicle, I can ask Alexa and use Alexa to talk to my car, find out the state of these IoT endpoints, and then take action on them. The second one is the natural one we think about. I want Alexa inside my car. And, and this is um, capability that we're working on that, you know, right now is, is accessible with our Alexa voice service in many ways. We're going to talk in depth um, in just a minute. But this is the idea that I want to get in my car and I want to have Alexa there. So if you think about Alexa and all the capabilities, all the skills, I want to ask Capital One for my bank balance, and I want to order a pizza from Domino's on the way home, and, you know, I want to uh, get a movie ticket, and all of these things that are very easy with an Echo device in my house, I want to have that whole experience inside my car, in addition to engage directly with my vehicle. And the last, last one is really the future, where you start to think about this whole picture of mobility as a new way of looking at transportation. And this is, I want to tie together experiences. So I potentially want to say to Alexa, where's the closest Starbucks? She says, close to Starbucks is a mile and a half away. Would you like to get me, would you like me to get you there? Yes. Send the information to my car. You get in your car, shows up on the nav screen, and while you're in the car, you say, Alexa, find me a parking space at Key Arena. Key Arena is a stadium in, in Seattle. We found a, a parking space at the Key Arena, and we re reserved it for you. And it's all of these experiences tied together to make my journey much easier and much more efficient. And it's, it's this whole idea of taking the Alexa assistant that you use in your house to, to check recipes and, and order things on Amazon and check your bank balance and bringing that into the car and then weaving those experiences together. So this brings us to AI and automobiles. So I, I did a presentation at the Alley Auto Show a couple of weeks ago, and I put this slide up, and it was very interesting, the reaction, so I'll, I'll ask the same question. But who thinks AI and thinks this? We, we know this. It's been in, you know, Terminator and iRobot and, and uh, 2001 where the AI, you know, decides it knows better and it takes over and, you know, says humans are dumb and we're going to take over. That's scary. And that's, you know, that's fiction. What we really want in AI, something more like this. We're in AI, and the idea of AI really is there's a whole bunch of information out there that I don't have access to, that machines have access to, traffic flow, the condition of your tires, um, the how much range in your fuel tank, all of that information, and can smash it together 
It's information you could probably find if you did a bunch of digging, but really, you want an AI that has access to all of that information and you say, Alexa, turn the lights on. And it just says okay and does exactly what you expect. We really believe that artificial intelligence in the automobile, you know, ultimately artificial intelligence really is the entire mobility experience that can think three steps ahead. But it's the idea of a personal assistant, a, a machine that watches my behavior, the behavior around you, all the conditions, traffic, you know, an emergency vehicle response down the street, and, and brings all that information together, and then you can ask, how long is it going to take me to get to work? Well, it's going to take you 45 minutes. You probably need to leave right now because there's an accident, and we've rerouted you, and we sent the new, the new route to your car. That's AI that's significant value in mobility. How do we get there? So let's talk about Alexa. And there's a bunch of Alexa sessions um, over the next two days. Probably going to see this slide again. But I want to just introduce the basics of what Alexa is and the different pieces um, in general. So who has an Echo device? Awesome. So you know the Echo device is the Amazon-branded entry point, the, the device that gets you to Alexa. The Alexa is the service. It's the cloud that, I, that um, I keep doing that, um, that is used um, to recognize the speech and understand with our NLU engine, understand what the person asked and then act upon that. So you think of Alexa as the persona and everybody kind of has, has decided she's a very friendly person and people ask her to get married all the time. Um, and ask her all kinds of questions and ask her to tell jokes. You know, people really um, have, have attached themselves to this idea that she's a friendly person that helps them out. That's the service up in the cloud. And on either side, we have two big pieces of the architecture. So on the left, we have the skills kit. So when you think of engaging with your Echo device or with Alexa, what you're engaging with when you ask Capital One for your bank balance, when you order pizza through Domino's, when you do these things, you're in, engaging with skills. We call them skills very specifically because she's learning new skills. And as new skills are added, she learns new things. On the other side is the voice service. So if you think of all that Alexa is, all the skills, all the capability, and you think, hey, it'd be really cool if I could put that in my speaker. It'd be really cool if I could put that in my car. It'd be really cool if I could put that in my fridge. That is the Alexa voice service. And the Alexa voice service is an API that allows you to take access to Alexa and put it in other devices. So now that we kind of know the, the basics of Alexa, and we've talked about the, the ways that we're engaging Alexa in automotive, let's go a little bit deeper and show some examples and some more ideas. So about the car. And these, again, are skills that allow you to ask Alexa to give you information about your vehicle or take action on those IoT endpoints in your vehicle. We have some that are already launched. Um, BMW and Genesis um, division of Hyundai had launched um, two weeks ago. I was in a press conference with the, the Hyundai brand, and they've actually extended their skill to more Hyundai-branded vehicles. So these skills are being rolled out, 
And they're very successful. People love this. So my, my car is a BMW, and I use it all the time. So I ask for the range. You know, do I have enough gas to get to the office this morning? I ask um, to send routing destinations to my car so that when I get in my car, the navigation is already set up. These, these skills do amazing things, and they're available right now. And they're being implemented, and customers love the idea of, from their house, taking action on their car. Um, one, of the, one of the much higher-priced versions of BMW cars than mine, you can close the sunroof. You, know, you, can, you can check the weather. It's like, oh, the weather's getting bad. Alexa, close the sunroof on my car. That's really powerful and super easy. How do we do that? That's the skills kit. So if you remember back to the, to the core architecture diagram, this is done with a skill. So when you think of what a skill is, it's the ability for the Alexa cloud to understand how to answer a customized question. So when I ask, you know, if I was just to ask Alexa to close the, you know, close the windows on my car, she wouldn't understand. But because BMW built a skill, a custom skill, I can say, Alexa, ask BMW to close the windows on my car, and she understands and directs that request through the BMW cloud and down to my car. So if you look at this diagram, user makes request, says something to, to their Echo device or Alexa-enabled device. That audio stream is captured, sent up to the cloud, and our cloud says, oh, you're engaging the BMW skills because you said, Alexa, ask BMW. You're engaging the BMW skill, and you said, close the windows on my car. So she passes, she understands what was said, and she passes that request to the BMW cloud that they've built in cooperation with us, and it goes down to my car, their windows roll up, and I get a response back from that skill that the request was successfully sent to my car. And in the space of about five seconds with one, what we call utterance or one statement, I've done something pretty magical that replaces me grabbing the keys, going downstairs, turning on the car, rolling the windows up, going back in the house while the rain's coming down. That's very powerful. So this is going to be the majority of in the next few minutes because this is a, this is a really in-depth topic. But it also is what I think is a super cool topic, getting Alexa in the car. The idea that everything that I can do with Alexa right now Again, order pizza, check my bank balance, check on my range, you know, all of those things. I can bring that into my car. So while I'm driving, I can engage with very short voice conversations. I can engage everything that Alexa already does, plus the idea that I can also talk directly to my car and do car things. So here's just an example. Alexa, I get in my car. Alexa, how's the commute look? Travel time is currently 41 minutes. It's a very fast conversation, but it's very easy to imagine that you follow that up with, are there any better routes available? And boom, it shows up in your navigation system. Now, Alexa in the car is something that we're working on right now with automotive partners. It's very exciting for us, and we're going to continue to, to do work in this space. But it brings up a bunch of investigation. How do we make this happen? Because Really, this is pretty complex when you start to think about it. 
So we've got a set of areas of exploration that we're working with partners and customers. And we've split it out into a set of, of priorities and capabilities. So the first is, how do we rapidly get Alexa into the car? Especially cars that are already on the road. There's a bunch of cars on the road. You guys raised your hands, several of you, that you've already got a connected car. And I know what the answer would be, because I'm not, so I'm not even going to answer the question if I said who's got a smart device. You all do. We carry them around constantly. We're using them to get around the show. Everybody's got a smart device. Everybody's got very smart technology in their pocket. And a lot of cars these days have a very easy way to connect, either through Bluetooth or USB, to the head unit. That's not new. That capability is out there. So one of the things that we're investigating right now is using mobile device platform integration. So actually run Alexa on the phone and have the, the audio capture go through the car's microphones. My car has a couple of microphones. A lot of cars, most cars these days have microphones in them so that you can make phone calls safely. We're just going to take advantage of that, take advantage of those massive speakers and, and allow Alexa to come into the car using the mobile device platform. That's kind of step number one. Step number two is directly into the head unit. Um, if, if you look at what's going on in the automotive industry in right now, there's several that have, that have been released that have the, the digital, the true digital dash. Who, who in here has a true digital dash where you really don't have any dials? That's amazing. You get in your car and you see the little dial sweep like they usually do, but it's all digital. It's all a screen. And you can completely reconfigure that experience constantly. Well, what if part of that embedded experience was you push the button on the steering wheel or you just said Alexa and you were able to engage Alexa through the car without bringing anything in? So that's a very interesting and very exciting place for us. And we're investigating working with the car companies to do full head unit integration. Then we start to think about, wow, if we're in the head unit, what other amazing things can we do? Well, if you've got an, if you've got an Echo, if you've got one of our devices, you know one of, the, one of the most magical things is you can be across the room, you can be right on top of it. I've got a couple of, of Echo devices that are a little bit close to each other, and now they determine which one's closest, and the closest one answers me. Those capabilities want to be applied to the car. So say you've got a car and there's five seating positions. Well, what if, what if a microwave was placed in that car where each seating position had its own microphone? And then, depending on where the person was seated, the system, again, this, this assistant and this AI would say, well, you're not driving, you're in the back seat. So I'm going to give you access to video because I know there's a video screen right in front of you versus you're in the front seat and you don't have a video screen in front of you and you're driving and you don't have autonomous, so I'm not going to give you access to video. There's a lot of really amazing things we can start to think about and consider in automotive when we start to bring these technologies that we already use in our devices and in our, in our capabilities and move them into the car. There's a couple of ways we're actually doing this. One of them is audio modeling. So when we first created the Echo devices, um, I remember I got a device that kind of looked like an Echo, but it had a whole bunch of extra stuff on the bottom. Um, 
And they said, take this into your house and here's a script. And just say these things over and over. And then turn your stereo on and turn it all the way up and say them again. And then say these other strange phrases and then listen to this specific piece of music and say these other things. And what we were doing, we were training the system. We're training the system to be able to hear. So what we're doing right now is we're doing the same thing in cars. We are actually modeling inside a car because a car environment is very interesting. It may or may not have wind noise. The windows may or may not be down. In my car, the top is down whenever it's possible in Seattle, sometimes when it's not. It depends. Sometimes 45 degrees is my cutoff. Sometimes 65 degrees is my cutoff. But we have to adapt to a very different audio environment in a car. There's a lot more going on there. So we're doing this work right now. We're modeling inside the vehicle to get information about how sound works in a vehicle so that when you talk to Alexa in the car, it works like we expect it to work. And that leads us to a really interesting space. So um, Amazon has um, this very interesting role called a voice scientist. I didn't know what a voice scientist was, but they're really super smart people. And a voice scientist really looks at an interface. What's the best interface? If you're talking to uh, a skill or a system that's voice enabled, what's the best way to phrase something or talk so you'll be understood? So in automotive, we've started to model out what is the best interface. Audio or voice isn't always the best interface. So I remember back 10, 15 years ago when touchscreens became big in cars, and the car companies just did everything through a touchscreen. So they moved the radio controls there, they moved the ventilation controls there, they moved the seat controls there, and all of a sudden you're paging through screen after screen after screen to move your seat. And you're trying to do that while you're driving. And what was learned is sometimes touch interface isn't the best interface for every single action. Sometimes if you just want to turn the volume up, everybody wants to just reach for that one knob that everybody's used to having on the left side of their stereo that turns the volume up. So we're applying the same idea to the use of Alexa in automotive. What's the best use of voice? And where is a tap on a screen or a tap on a button the best way? Where is a five-way controller? My car has a, has a controller down on the console. And it's very easy to just reach down there without looking and do specific things. And I've, you know, muscle memory, I know how to do uh, some key things with that controller. I don't want to change that. That is the best way to do certain things. And then again, physical button. If I know that my favorite Sirius station is on button number two on the stereo, I just want to hit button number two on the stereo because it's easy and I know it works. So as we start to think about getting Alexa or an AI into a car, we have to remember sometimes the best way is not the newest way. So where does this all get us? If we start to bring all of this together and think about, I want to apply the best of Amazon technologies into the environment of a car or the experience of mobility. And I know that mobility is this new idea of not just owning a car, but potentially engaging with car share services and ride share services and public transportation and parking partners and service partners. The whole world of, of capabilities and services that allow me to get from point A to point B. And I want to apply artificial intelligence to make that as easy and smart as possible. What does that look like? 
Well, let's just imagine some scenarios and think, of, think through how they might look. So I've got a doctor's appointment at 3 o'clock. And I'm in my house, and my smart digital assistant over in the corner somehow notifies me, or I get an email notification or a text notification, mm, change of plan. And I talk to my, I talk to my assistant and say, what's the status of my, of my doctor's appointment? Well, you know, traffic's getting heavy. Looks like you're going to have to leave 15 minutes early to make it on time. And oh, by the way, your car's out of gas, so I'm sending the route to the doctor's office to the car with a detour to the closest gas station. Get in your car, sit down, start the car up. There's the route, including the gas stop. You stop for gas, you get back on the road, get a little indicator, something's happened. Well, unbeknownst to me, an accident happened. And there's an emergency vehicle coming up behind me. And the accident up there is in my path. And so the system says, we're going to reroute you. First, we have to get you out of the way of this emergency vehicle that you don't even know is half a mile behind you. So we're going to make you turn at the next turn. And then we're going to reroute you a safe route to get your doctor's office still on time. That's pretty amazing. Now, think of that scenario, and you don't own a car. You started off that, in that experience by talking to your assistant and saying, where's the closest car share so that I can get to my doctor's office? But that whole scenario, including sending the routing instructions to the car, all of the dynamic rerouting, all of that capability, still happens in a car that I don't own, capability that follows me around. That's very powerful. That's an amazing experience. Because then my destination and my journey is the most important thing, not my ownership of the car or any, anything around it. It's my ability to get where I need to go. So let's talk about a couple more of these, and then we'll wrap up. So you're in your house, and you're getting ready for your party, and you've invited some of your friends, and you're getting ready to make dinner, and you ask your, your personal assistant, I need the, the recipe for lasagna. And so the recipe for lasagna pops up, and you start getting ready to make it. And the, the AI says, looks like some of the ingredient, ingredients in this recipe aren't available in your cabinet, IOT stuff. They're not available in your fridge. You don't have everything that you need. So you say... Now look at your watch, got a couple hours, order them and have them delivered. So the order goes out, stuff starts coming towards you, and you think, it'd be really great to have some wine, don't have any wine, not enough time for, for a delivery. So you say, who of my friends that have been, that have been invited are close to, a, close to a store and can pick up wine? Tells you, oh, Jim's. You know, Jim's on the way and close to a store. Like, call in the order to the store and let Jim know to pick it up. Jim's car gets a notification. Hey, route you over to the grocery store. The receipt comes into his email. Here's a receipt in case they ask. Go pick up the wine. And Jim, com Jim comes with the wine. Amazing again. It's an amazing experience. And between IoT and cloud services and capabilities of, of AI... 
those things become possible and you can start to fuel this this idea of not only you but people around you are able to do the things they need to do and get where they need to, to go again if, even if they don't own a car even if they're on public transportation and all of these these capabilities these cloud connectivity capabilities allow you to do some amazing things so we'll do one more and we'll close out so think of the modern family the modern family, you know, a couple of kids, mom and dad, everybody going several diff different directions. You've got one car that you own, and you, you rely on public transportation and rideshare and card share services otherwise. And the AI is looking at everybody's schedule and saying, oh, CJ's got a flight, so he's got to get to the airport. There's piano lessons over here. There's doctor's appointment over here, and starts to coordinate all of those destinations, all of those journeys, and allows very quickly to make sure that a car share is available for one journey, an Uber is ready to go to the airport for, for me, and very seamlessly and easily with, with these services available can tie together all those journeys and all those different destinations, even when there's only one, one car in the household. And then can watch as the kids come home the kids come home, senses that the kids come home, unlocks the door, sends a note, son's home safely. You know, you say, remind him to do his, do his homework. Those things become very possible as part of this whole idea of mobility across cloud services and IoT and all front-ended with this personal assistant. So I've given you a bunch of ideas, a bunch of, of scenarios that we're thinking about. Um, we, we are very excited about the, the future of Alexa in automotive. And as I said, right now, we have skills that have been delivered by our, some automotive partners, and we're continuing to work in the automotive space to fuel this idea of mobility. And as we, as we go forward, we're going to apply more and more of these ideas to what is really the, the big picture, especially going into autonomous, which is bridging all that you know. So everything that I know, I know I've got a doctor's appointment, I know I get to, need to get to work, I know my kids are at school. With everything that I should know, there's been an accident, there's bad weather, my plane's delayed, bringing all that together to allow you to make decisions, even if some of that is information that you can't see or find. So I will, I will close, you know, with this idea, and it, it comes back to my previous existence um, in law enforcement. We know that the change is scary, and this idea of moving from transportation to mobility brings up a, a set of very interesting challenges when you start to think of the world is moving potentially from mostly car ownership to car share and, and ride share services. And, you know, big cities are getting bigger, like Seattle where traffic's getting tougher and we're applying these new capabilities of autonomous that's, you know, for me as a driver, autonomous is kind of scary. I'm not, I'm not all that excited because I kind of like to drive myself. Um, and, I, and I bring it back to um, several years ago, many, many years ago, um, before the advent of, of 
mandated things like um, airbags and anti-lock brakes. I was teaching class because I, I was a federally certified uh, emergency vehicles uh, instructor. And I was teaching a class, and it was the first time we were actually having to teach anti-lock brakes. So think of a bunch of law enforcement officers that have hundreds of thousands of miles under their belts. They have to come in for recertification, which wasn't fun anyway. They didn't want anybody telling them that they didn't know how to drive. And then we had to completely change the way we taught them to stop. So drive fast, be safe, and oh, by the way, we taught you five years ago to feather the brakes, and now we're telling you, just slam on them. Like, no, 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 that's not, not the way we stop. Like, yeah, that's the way we stop, because there's a computer in there that's going to stop for you. Well, a computer in there is going to stop for me. No, I'm better than the computer. And so this is an example. Bringing these technologies can be disruptive. But we know the effect of anti-lock brakes. We know the effect of airbags. We know the effect of these new technologies. The fact that the engine in my car today is literally half the size of the engine in my old Mustang. And it's faster, more efficient, and more fun. But it was kind of tough for me to give up that really amazing sound and that really amazing car to accept that 52 computers can drive better than me. Because I've got about 3 million miles under my belt. And it was really hard to accept, okay, this dual clutch is better than the manual because it's just better than I do. That was hard. And these amazing shocks that adjust themselves better than me, that was tough. But the reality is it's true. And as, as the automotive industry embraces that idea, then we get into, I can watch TV while I'm driving. Okay, I can get into that. If I'm driving between San Francisco and, and Seattle, and I can watch a movie or two, that's kind of a cool idea, as long as it's safe and, you know, and I get where I'm going. So we will all move that direction, and Amazon has a, a future vision of how we will facilitate and, and make that a really interesting experience for our customers. So I appreciate your time. Thank you very much.